A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to another 20 minute Tim's Extra Time interview. I'm Sean McDonald and I'm joined by the brilliant comedian Susie McCabe. Susie, how are you? I'm good mate, how are you? Um, I'm a wee bit tired, a wee bit freezing. I'm not going to complain. <laughs> it's a bit it's, grim. It's, uh, it is a bit grim today, isn't it? Grim, man. But we are here to talk about Celtic, so it's going to be brighter. It's going to be amazing. Is there anything better? No, there's nothing better than just sitting talking about it. We're sitting in the the world-famous Crown (laughs) Bar in Duke Street. The only Tim shop in Duke Street. Get yourselves in, folks. It's a cracking boozer. That's that's how I was getting some free drinks sorted for at least another week. One of the best pints of tenants I've ever had. (laughs) Right, we're going to... Before we talk about... But your Celtic supporting life and what Celtic means to you, we'll give you a bit of background. So, you're a comedian, uh, and we'll get to that. But take me back to the start where you grew up, what life was like. Grew up in Garrah Hill, uh, was born into Thornbridge Road in Garrah Hill, and then, age of three, we moved down to the Glasgow Road. Uh, and my old man was a spark, and my mum was a dinner woman. And I never really seen my old man a lot because he had to work away from home. Born in 1980, so it was the absolute height of Thatcherism. Right. My whole my whole life, so I didn't I didn't really see my dad an awful lot because uh, he there was just no work. So and, and we had a house that he had to pay for, you know, and that was my dad's ambition was always to mm-hmm. own a property kind of thing. Um, so I had an older brother who was eight years older than me, and a gran and grandpa who I was really close to. My nana, uh, if anybody's ever heard me doing comedy, they'll know that I, I spoke a lot about Manana, who sadly passed away a couple of years ago, but um, yeah, that's where I grew up. I grew up between Garra Hill and the Garn Gad, so I grew up between the East End and the Garn Gad, because uh-huh. my grand stayed in the Garn Gad, right in the Royston Road, so uh, that's where I spent most of my life, and I think that's where most of my kind of influences have came from. First thing I'm thinking, did you go to the street parties? Mm. Oh, I, well, at that time, I was actually uh, living with my nana. I came out age 17, 1997. Still that kind of time that I came out. Um, brought up a Roman Catholic. Mm. Wasn't great with my parents. Uh, pitched up at my nana's. Uh, my nana <laughs> just had statues of Our Lady <laughs> and the Lord everywhere. Pitched up, told her I was gay. Bought her off a duck's back. Didn't bother. That's Stayed nice. there for two years, uh, and and I great. It was just great. Uh, she absolutely loved the hoops, and that that's that was kind of where my influences came from. And you know, a lot of people say, "Yeah, oh, you're not still angry at your mum and dad," and I'm like, "Well, 
My mum was born in 1948, my dad was born in 1950. They met at some young Catholic social event in the Garngad, like... To them, homosexuality, they were of the generation where it was an illness. I know people still get electric shock therapy for it or chemical castration. So now my mum and dad are absolutely on board and they're great. But, you know, 1997, Labour had just came to power and the kind of gay rights thing was really just starting to kind of move in a more positive direction. Mm. So... Yeah, so I had the joy of staying in the Garn Gad for, for two years. <laughs> it was brilliant. That's a, certainly a Celtic, a Celtic area, isn't it? And Aye. My, so, my brother actually told me when the Falklands was on, he remembers, so my brother would have been like 10, 11, and he remembers like going for the messages with my nana, and they, they were selling... Argentina tops oh, yeah. <laughs> and the cat just at the back of boxes and all that. When you're Argentina top, mate, <laughs> all the faultless warmest. Everybody cut the bit with their face painted blue and white. Hi, <laughs> this is before Maradona, you know what I mean? There's just a cult of people walking about the garden guard with Argentina tops on, like, oh no. So you're spending a lot of time in a predominantly Celtic area, but where, what was your first introduction to Celtic? Like, what's your sort of first memory? If you have one, uh, my first. So my, I, I was just all. I suppose I was just always aware of Celtic. You know, my dad's a big Celtic fan. My brother, massive Celtic fan, used to go to the games. My grandfather, who passed away when I was five, but what we used to do is Mark used to go to the games. So you're looking at their ladies. My nana and papa would give him a couple of bob to go to the games and this was at the kind of height of the casuals and my papa Aye. was kind of bedridden he was he was only in his 60s but he was like an old ill man so on a Saturday afternoon Mark would go to the game 13-14 I would be in the room with my kind of bedridden papa we would have grandstand on in his portable telly and the horse racing would begin on would have the radio on <laughs> hoping because obviously you only got the second half back then right if there's anybody under 30 listening to this, they're going to be like, this sounds like the third world. <laughs> People are like, why would you not just get the score up? I, I, I'll tell you why, because we were all outside Dixon's looking at tellies to see when the scores <laughs> were coming through. Aye, so you only got the second half of the game of the day. So if it was Celtic v Aberdeen, you got that second half. But if it was, say, Rangers v Hearts, that was the second half. Mm-hmm. So you would... You would listen to the game. I'd be sitting with my wee matchstick cigarettes. Do you remember? Aye. I remember them, the wee candy canes. My grandfather would be pretending to light them <laughs> and then handing me his, his pint and letting me sup the froth off it. So, what was it they got you? Yeah, I, I, I don't smoke what anyway. was it? I, plus, <laughs> while, while I'm gambling with pennies on horses <laughs> on the telly, and then. And, and, and I, I was telling, I put this in a show a couple of years ago. I remember one day my granddad going, have you lost your candy cigarettes? And I was like, oh, I've run out. And he's like, have a draw of that. And I was like, a draw of that. I see now, you just, it just wouldn't happen. That's, it's, but where, how has he went from candy cigarettes to a real fag? That's like, like me being like to my four-year-old nephew, is your Ribena run out here? Have a tan of that bottle of Stella. <laughs> <laughs> Some buckfast in the fridge, son. Just go and help well, yourself. Start them early, that's what I said. Aye, aye. So, yeah, so I was always aware of it because, obviously, your older brother, 
I mean, there was eight years between me and Mark, so big age difference when you're growing up. So he'd be away, and my nana would always be like, get that scarf in your pocket, and watch out for the casuals, and if there's any casuals, you just jump a taxi, and we'll pay for your taxi, if, you know, like that. Because, you know, you get a hackney back then was oh, like... Well, I mean, that I'd be thing. abusing that. I'd be like four in the morning, you got up the road for dancing, like, I've seen some casuals, <laughs> so you'll need to pay my taxi. <laughs> pay my taxi, you know but I've got Pecora. <laughs> <laughs> so he would go, so he'd be like 13, 14, going to the games, and then he would come back up to the Royston Road and sit in the bed, and he'd be like, right, Papa, this is what happened. And my Papa would be like, they fucking referees and, <laughs> and do you know what I mean that would that would be it and my gran and my papa when they first got married uh, they lived in the Calton my gran was from the Calton he was from the Calton and my nana would tell me that on a Saturday afternoon he'd be away to the game and she'd maybe be in the kitchen making the dinner and she could hear the, she could tell the score with the roars <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know what I mean with the roars coming through the stadium and so it's always just been a given and there where we stayed in Garrah Hill which is elements of the East End go was quite posh back in the East, mm. do you know what I mean? It was seen as kind of well to do. From my mum and dad's bedroom window, if I looked out, I could see the floodlights and see the stadium. Do you know right, what I mean? Right. So I was always very much aware of Celtic and and that was my team. Like this, so sort of, and when you can see the floodlights and all that, it's almost like that's mystical. As if it's not real, almost like a film. Aye, aye, like like somewhere that you kind of want to go to, but you just can't. Aye, you can't quite get there. As I grew up, so I'm for Rob Royston, right? Uh, and that's where I grew up. Even just as a wee boy, coming up, so you're, so you're coming up to sort of, is it like High Hill? When as if you're going yeah, towards Todd Street, just down aye, the road, yeah, yeah, yeah. Aye, and you're like going towards the forge. And just and as like, you go up that big hill and you see yeah, the stadium, and you see it, and it's just this. Wow, and it'd always be pointed out. My memories of being in the car and having these things pointed out about Celtic would be you're approaching Celtic Park, so whoever's driving you'll be like, Look, there's, there's Celtic oh, Park, and I hadn't been at that time, and it's massive, and it's like this, and it's, it's like 10 times the size because you're only a lot weird. It was that, and it was also when uh, Rod Stewart, you're in my heart, you're in my soul, comes on. I'd, I'd be told, Listen, you're going to hear about Celtic, aye, and aye, you're just, aye. it creates this sort of it builds it up and builds it up this sort of mythical exciting thing you know your family are talking about going and, and you've not been yet even even when we were sitting the day I'd said to my dad a few years ago there was a Celtic game on maybe a Champions League game I said I'm going to go to the Crown for a pint Nicholas Wharton Nicholas still done a shift on here at the time and I said do you want to meet me and he went aye and we were literally stood at the end of the bar having a pint and he just turned round as casually as you like he went aye me and your uncle Albert and uncle Jimmy were in here and this is where we had a few beers before we went down to see McNeil bring the big cup and I'm just looking at him like what? you know and, and he was like aye and then uh, Jimmy stayed in White House Street and this is where we would meet and they go to the game and that's their history now at that point I'm maybe 37 aye. I never knew this is, this is where they went do you know what I mean I never knew that but it's just this, there's been a lot said about this recently with the passing of Big Billy McNeil and all that, but mm-hmm. there is a fairy tale, there is a, a myth, there's a, 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 a beautifulness to this, this kind of... There is. You know, and you were born with immigrants, we were born with nothing, you know, and, and to see what we are now, to stand in that Celtic way, my brother comes up from down south and every time he comes home, 
he's like, let's go to the stadium. <laughs> he's like, take me. and then it's like, let's go to the stadium so I can see it at night time. Aye. Right, and like, this is like a 46-year-old guy that went to Celtic Park. Aye. It, it, rep- it just represents so much, as you say, born on nothing. Born, born, nothing. born from nothing and impoverished and, I don't know, oppressed. That's, yes. the, that's the reality of it. I think people who who, who are not part of this would, would sneer at that and would look mm-hmm. down on it, but it's the reality. And when you see the, either the club doing well or the club being well supported, it is this feeling of, look to, what we came for. To, to, of togetherness aye. as well. And I think from a Scottish society perspective... It has stuck in so many people's craws for a long time. And they better get used to it. And, and yeah, I, I mean, even like, I heard someone say that, you know, Celtic winning the European Cup, it, it, it was a lot for the Scottish Catholic population. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of spoke to my dad about that, and he was like, absolutely. When I was 17, he said, I was trained to be an electrician. He said, I knew exactly what I wanted for my life. He says, but I also knew that there was quite a lot of companies that I couldn't work for Aye. because I literally kicked with the wrong fit. He went, and that that was a battle. He went, but that that made us stand taller. That made us look at men like us or men that you wanted to be who came from where you came from to go on and accomplish what you could in your life because the whole structure of Scottish society was set up against you. Aye. You know, you look at people like Joe Boltrami. Mm-hmm. Joe Boltrami gets a scholarship, goes to Glasgow Uni, gets his law degree, comes out, can't get a job because his name's Joseph Boltrami. So, so he then sets up his own legal practice and there's other lawyers I know that have, have had to do that, mm-hmm. you know, and... It's, it's a society thing, you know, even though we welcome everybody into the club, Scottish society hasn't always been welcoming outwardly to our heritage and our history. It makes it makes the victories in that togetherness, for me, even better. And, you yeah. know, something that sticks in my mind when Fergus McCann was... I, I might, I'm kind of having to guess roughly the year. I don't think it was 94. It might have been, like, 92, and he had tried to take over the club, and it hadn't happened. It was, so that would have been, like... Do you remember when he first and he went back to Canada? Yeah, so maybe maybe ninety three. Around about yeah. then, right? And he, he had a dinner at the Hilton for everybody that had helped and I think like Brian Dempsey and, and bear in mind, I'm fucking two I'm sorry, I shouldn't be swearing. I was two at this time, but I, I still know it. It's something it's a story that stuck in my mind where Mark McGlone says Fergus McCann asked everybody to stand up with Hilton and to say what Celtic meant to them and then at the end he basically said everything that you've achieved in your life and everywhere you are you can be proud of and it's on your own merit you didn't have to join some secret wee club or re- rely on the other people doing you wee favours and that then has an even greater significance for everything that you've achieved and it's the same for, for the club for yeah, Celtic yeah I kind of worry so in many ways it's a bit like kind of uh, like obviously so I like I've, I've obviously described about my coming out my family not taking it well and all that when you look at the gay community mm. and how they have moved, people walked in the streets in the seventies and eighties and get spat on and bricks thrown at them, and you know people would maybe go out of a Friday evening just to deliberately get a few babies and go and gay bash. That's you know, just, I can't even. You get can't. My head you can't that. get your head around that, right? So that and that was a thing. Now I didn't. I didn't get anything like that. Right. Uh, I grew up in a city that was really welcoming to homosexuals and a lot 
like there was no real problem, nothing like that. But you now look at where that is, and sometimes I walk into a gay bar and I kind of feel that there's a sense of loss within the gay community because people now say, like, 20-year-olds, 25-year-olds, oh, you don't really need gay bars now. And I'm like, no, no, you do. Because mm-hmm. from a, a sociological and a historical point of view, you need to be aware of what went before you. Aye. And I have a fear that with Celtic fans, we now have generations of kids... Yes. Who are so used to winning and us being the top dog that you say, like, see if you say to them that the SFA or the, the upper echelons of Scottish society when I was growing up would quite happily have had us walking down London Road with our arse hanging out the, the back Aye. of our trousers. They don't, they don't see that. Aye, that's, you, you've led me right on to a point I've been wanting to make for ages and I'm just going to continue to make it that for, for that standpoint and for a footballing standpoint generations are although I'm going to choose my words carefully because I was about to say fading away they'll never fade away no. in, unless we let them for a footballing a football standpoint you know with people like Stevie Chalmers and Billy McNeil obviously Tommy Gemmell's gone Bobby Murdoch Ronnie Simpson uh, and you know and other players and it's up to us to to never let the the stories or their memories fade away, or they've always got to be remembered. Because the reality is, if I have kids in let's say in fifteen years or whatever, he's not going to know who who these people are unless I'm sitting down. And I'm like, watch the Jimmy Johnson story, yeah. you know, watch Tommy Burns's DVD. It, and it's tangible keep, history. Aye, to keep that alive, yeah, like, that so has to happen. I'm thirty nine, so I had a gran who could sit and tell me all about the Second World War and what it was like to physically live through that because she was only two generations from me, you know, Mm -hmm. know, that was the connection. But how do I then sit and say to my eight-year-old niece when she's 12 Mm -hmm. and she's reading history out of a book and I say to her, no, 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 this happened and that happened. But I think the the beautiful thing with football and we kind of seen it a bit last night in the Liverpool game, is that there is a fabric within a club. Aye. There is a fabric that is a thread that runs through a club that's like a vein with blood in it, and those players never die. Like, Matt Busby will never die. Aye. Bobby Charlton, I know he's still alive, but you know what I mean? Aye. That kind of thing, like, these players, these accomplishments, the George Bests, they won't they won't be taken by time because I think ultimately great-grandfathers, grandfathers, grandmothers, in the case of Billy McNeil, where he, you know, mm-hmm. it was his mother that took him to Celtic Park and not his dad, Aye. you know, it, they, they pass on those memories down. You know, my nana would talk about Charlie Tully. Aye, people that barely keep Peacock and all that, aye. You know, you know, so there's players who their memory and what they achieved for the club will always remain that fabric but what I don't want is a generation of Celtic fans to think that we should always be winning and mm-hmm. that we're the top we're winning winning essentially against the odds things things Old will time. be better things are better now and things don't exist are the same but there's no way you can tell me that it's completely gone away because Absolutely that, that doesn't disappear within a generation you just look at the state of the SFA and you think it, it literally just needs to go away and die <laughs> and come back as something else. It's a horrific... What, that SFA? 
SFA club. Somebody, somebody's done that before, who is it? I'm trying to think, I'm writing my brains, there's, there's a, an example of something similar to that. If anybody knows, going to tweet me or something, because I'm trying <laughs> But it is, it's that, it's that th- I mean, it's just, it's a horrible organisation. And this is when I'm really kind of, it pains to support Scotland, because I always kind of go, oh, I want to, I want to sell it plus to, if they're going to play, go away, do well come back, injury-free, crack on with the main job in hand mm-hmm. because of the absolute institutionalised bias that has been shown by the SFA in my lifetime mm-hmm. and then obviously in my dad's lifetime and then like, I mean, my my papa, I mean, my brother still talks about my papa and, and the way, I mean, they talk about the SFA and referees and, and how it was this, that and the other and he was right and so is my dad and so is my brother and and I know what I've seen and you go the example my grandpa gives and I don't know how how relevant it is in terms of time but he says Celtic winning the European Cup in 67 and getting to the European Cup final in 70 beating Leeds in the semi-final all these things and then he says when the Scotland squad's announced there's 12 Rangers players in the in the squad and I'm like counting I'm like fingers one, two toes I'm like wait a minute there's only 11 players you look at the caps that some of the Lisbon lines are massed oh it's a fucking that is just an absolute shambles you know um, I mean obviously McNeil and Greg played alongside each other right uh-huh. and that's without doubt absolutely fine and you know that if that had came down to a toss up between them and stuff like that I think it would have been itchy peachy because I generally think it, it would have done and, and they played together as a pairing but you look at like Willie Henderson over Jinky it's bizarre <laughs> you know what I mean like there's a gesture being made at a microphone <laughs> I can't tell you what it is but it isn't a thumbs up <laughs> <laughs> but you know and you're just like come on man but, but then equally I don't care because I don't have that thing where I really love Scotland. Aye. You know what I mean? Like, I love Scotland at my rugby. You mm. know what I mean? Like, that, like, I'll get really passionate about that. Uh, and there's a kind of romance to rugby where a lot of players years ago, you were just playing for the kind of pride of your country. Do you Aye. know what I mean? You, before it was professional. Oh, it's Scottish, Scotland, definitely. And, and, and do you know what? They don't do anything to help themselves. They have had ample opportunity to put money into the grassroots and all that and then you look at things like Aidan McGeady mm. and how many times you, you hear Aidan McGeady talk about that how many times he was watched and never selected Aye. and then Ireland come he's viewed as a traitor for going to Ireland although he spent every summer holiday mm. in Ireland that's nobody very... says to know Gallica that's shocking that you support the Republic of Aye. Ireland it's, it's very selective because I don't hear anybody complaining about the English born players who then come to play for Scotland or so yeah. on. there isn't a problem then who's the lad that plays for Hearts that gets sent off against us this season the, uh, McLean the, uh, elbowed ah, is it McLean mm. used to play for Rangers in Motherwell he did and he was at St Johnston McLean but I'm not he sure he chose to play for England over Scotland but Aye. that was alright Aye, no, it's a, it's a, a thing me one, but um, so yeah, I've always been aware of Celtic and and their contribution to Scottish so, society. Aye, so very much like a sort of social political thing for you as well, as, uh, as much as your team, it means a lot yeah. to you. That I think as it does to a hell of a lot. It's not everybody, but um, the vast majority anyway. It's Tommy Bond says you're not playing for a football team, you're playing for a cause. Aye, and you, and you are. 
and by that I don't mean chanting IRA in the stands. It's mm. it's 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 not a representation of people. It's exactly that. So in terms of footballing, first game, do you remember it? Yes, uh, it was a midweek game. Was it Dundee? I don't know. You five now. Tell me. Five now. <laughs> Walker two. Oh wow, you're going. Macavaney two. And Joe Miller. Right. Uh, I was one of the two. Anyway, because it was like I'd done like a Wednesday and a Saturday. That was like my first two games. Uh, my dad was working away from home. My brother decided to take me to the game. Uh, under no uncertain circumstances was I to go in the jungle. So I was eight, so Mark was like 16. Uh, no uncertain circumstances was I to go in the jungle. Absolutely not. If you can't get in that main stand, you, uh, you go into the, the Celtic stand. I was in the jungle. <laughs> I, I was in the brusque. So yeah, he's up the back having a few cans. He's me. I'm in the front. Uh, a packet of iron brew chews and a pie. Uh, <laughs> I brilliant, great, great season to start going to football. Was the centenary year? Wow, um, what an introduction! What an introduction! And then the pain that came on the back of that. I was just about to say, you're at the end of the centenary season. We've done the double, you know, jubil- Frank Mack scenes of jubilation and joy and you're going do you know what this is going to be great it must just be like this all the time 10 years pain well 7 if you're you're talking about Scottish Cup Scottish Cup and then obviously the the feeling the absolute elation of stopping 10 and and getting that first league championship back what's your memories of that season the stresses oh so there is an argument that I've heard some Rangers fans say and I would say they've actually got a point that when Princess Diana died that meant that the old firm game got moved because we were due to play Celtic eh, we were due to play Rangers at Celtic Park right, right? Okay. so I think were we due to play why, the... why did they move it? <laughs> were they all too upset? man they're all like no, what had happened, so it had happened in the Saturday night into the Sunday morning, and I think, were we due to play on the Wednesday? It's either the Wednesday or the Sunday, I'm sure it was the Wednesday, and they said, right, all football is cancelled, the nation is in mourning, because I mean, like, everything came to a standstill, like, everything. I, I remember, uh, I was six, and I lived with my mum down in, in London, and I woke up in the morning, and uh, she's like, she's watching the telly, and she said to me, Princess Diana died last night, and I'm like, oh my god! And then two minutes later, I'm like, who's, who's Princess? No, I'm like, who's Princess Diana? I had no clue. But then I, I remember asking if we get a day off school. So I was uh, 17. Uh, 17. Tony Blair sweeped into power at the start of that summer, and then Oasis released "Be Here Now," and that was the end of Britpop. Uh-huh. And then uh, Princess Diana died. Ten days later, that's, that's twice the Queen's absolutely done Rangers in. T- absolutely, she should so, have thought about the timing of that when she ordered that to be taken. Well, Phillip, old Phillips get a bump out feet at the back of Buckingham Palace. <laughs> just takes a picture of it and sends it to Megan and Kate every now and then. Uh, in case you step out of line, keep just lassies. This is what this is what happens. That's why you don't hear if Sarah I'm, inter- Ferguson. I'm interested to see if uh, Stephen lets his part stay in when he's doing that. What happened? So I think we were playing the Wednesday or the Sunday, and I think we had a few injuries. 
and we hadn't we, we were doing alright we were winning we were doing alright and Rangers were kind of flying mm. and you went oh, financial doping will help you do oh, that obviously aye 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 100% the, the Ben Johnsons of the the, <laughs> the Scottish football organisation but that game got postponed Celtic get their players back they went on a run we played in the November it was rescheduled to the November because obviously at that point in the calendar you're playing like Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Aye. Wednesday, Saturday and it played in the November and we won the game in the November and then we won the game I'll never forget this the Burley Lambert game Oh, two absolute Martin, screamers Martin Tyler screaming and then actually uh, the following week I think we played Kilmarnock and Lambert scored another belter where he like literally took it round three and stuck it in the pokey. So I remember that game. It's absolutely steaming. That that would have been the season as well when they were beating us one 0 and Stubbsy last minute yeah. header. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, it's moments like that that stick in my mind. Like oh. if that hadn't happened, the contribution that he made to our club. Even see with Craig Burley with the goals that he scored that season. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Scotland went to the World Cup, and they had a midfield of McNamara, Burley, and Lambert. A three like three men who physically won the league aye. for Celtic and he dropped out McNamara and put in Gary McAllister who was at Coventry I think and was relegated with Strachan but yeah that that league game was that's when I felt that the tide was turning and then I swear like the, the game against St Johnson we score. I can't remember if it was just after we scored or just before we scored. The weekend before it, I was working in Delmonica's, which was a gay bar in the town, and I was serving some food, and they'd put on the Dunfermline game for me so I could watch it. The pub was really quiet on a Sunday afternoon, and I had, like, a tree. You know these kind of things that you hold with your hand, and it's got three pots of sauces in it? Yeah, right. And Dunfermline scored, and I just remember absolutely lobbing it for one side of the pub to the other. I was raging... And uh, my manager just went, you're off all of next weekend. Oh, aye, right, because you're a, a riot. Time. And then... Was it, Johnny, game, was it Johnny Gould made an arse it? Aye, aye, aye. Who scored? Aye. Did Simon Donnelly score? And they thought, I've just secured. Yeah, I've just yeah. stopped him in a row. Yeah, and Johnny Gould. But that was nice of Johnny to do that because he knew it would be better for us to better do it party, at home. Better party. So, Thanks, Johnny. And then being at that game... Now was the George, I think George Boyle done this just after we scored... Georgia Boyle, big, like St Johnson player, big Rangers man, Northern Irish, and he absolutely rocketed a shot off our bar. Like, oh, the bar shit, shook. Like, I mean, it was like a 30 yard, 30 yard to use the boys for the 20 Minute Tim's podcast, Thunder Bastard. <laughs> uh, they it fucking smashed the bar, and you're just like, Anybody but that bastard, right? That, like, that was 21 years ago, right? I know, and I know. also, that was before my time, because I was living in England, I was a wee boy, you didn't get TV, the F Scottish football down south. See you here, even though... At, right, so, spoiler alert, Celtic won the game, right? Just in case you don't know. We stopped 10. See you saying that about the... Uh, 
hitting the bar. That makes me feel physical. Ah, oh, honestly, I remember it. Um, do you know what? Makes I, you, will, I, feel like I, I actually find it on YouTube and send it to you. Uh, interesting you mentioned that. So I think I've done, because any of my knowledge for that season is all retrospective research and just watching and reading and stuff. I, never, I wasn't actually there or present mm-hmm. for it, but you can get a lot of the entire programmes in of these games on Sky Sports. So yeah, 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 on the... the the like retro games aye, and stuff and it's like, like that. you get I mean the adverts that were on the, the pre-match build up and the all that, sponsors and it's, aye and it, it's it's bizarre to watch you're like Mark Hately I think Charlie Nicholas with long hair and Richard Keyes is hosting it's showing you the fans outside and they're doing the build up they're doing the analysis and stuff and you're looking at I, the players aye and, and, and I'll go back was. and watch some of these games and I watched the one for, for the, the St Johnston game which you obviously went on to win 2-0 and I feel like a physical illness watching it, even though I, I know what happens. I swear, thinking about that game, and at the time, I remember thinking that, see when that final whistle went? Aye. I genuinely think there is a millisecond where we were like, is, is that it? Is that it? Aye. Is that it? Is it done? And just the absolute sheer joy of just we've done it, like we stopped 10, because we just stopped 10, and I was 18, Labour were in power, like Labour had sweeped into power, and good was triumphing like, over like, evil, do you know everywhere I mean? like, across everywhere, the board, as opposed to like, whereas now you look at politics now, and you're like, oh man, how are we ever getting out of this mess, right, but there was this kind of, absolute relief, and elation and tears. Like when I tears. watch when I watch the program, the whistle goes. Um, I am absolutely no bother to admit it that I get teary, like Spons. really, really greeting, yeah. like watching it because I know what it means. I know what it meant. I know what it meant to people watching. Like I know what it meant to my family. I know what it just meant to everybody to finish it, and to it end do, it. Do you know what else as well? Like, see when you've lived through like the cracked crests and the papers and the hearse getting sent to the stadium and the for every five pounds I'll spend ten right. and that absolute mix of hubris and uh, middle class sense of entitlement and working class superiority complex and you're just downtrodden, downtrodden, downtrodden user nothing, user this, user that that's your history, that's your past this is who we are and then to come out the other end of that against everything, Aye. you're just like that. And sorry for swearing. Fuck you. I, you do, I feel like and it, it was right. an absolute togetherness. And then, you know, you go another couple of seasons with another mm-hmm. league. And ending that, as you say, people reveling and, and thinking that we're done, we're finished, we're a spent force. We swagger back out of the tunnel, ending nine in a row, and just have a wee look into camera and say. We haven't gone away, you know. Aye. Um, and also, I feel like, see with that ending, it's almost like, see if it was a cartoon, it'd be like the end of like a nuclear winter. Aye, like the, aye. the black clouds. The sun's are, like, sun's out. By, like, but we birds are tweeting and all that. And aye, like, aye. And it's just it's like, the end of dark days and it's like, that's it, because the stress that, that, that Celtic fans would have gone through that year, just thinking that, that that record set by the, the Lisbon Lions who will never be equaled I don't care what records anybody breaks domestically or anything I don't care if we do 20 in a row we'll never be greater than that 9 in a row side I mean when the Rangers got to the UEFA Cup final and I came in 
and a couple of my work colleagues before they went to Manchester had decorated my desk <laughs> with the paper pullouts of uh, the Rangers team and come on Rangers and all that and the next day I went in and I just put up a picture of the Lisbon Lions pinned with unprecedented right above it and it was the team picture <laughs> with all the trophies and you're like that aye crack on son because you're never going to be as good as you'll the never. boys you will never be that squad you'll never be that team and you'll Aye. never be your club I think um, you know we were talking earlier about actually I'll, I'll ask you about that but we were talking about the um, the specialness of the, the Lions and, and those players like not only uh, as players but as men but as as you say there, I don't think you know, you could win the Champions League five years on the bounce, and that, my retort to that would be that's amazing, that's impressive. But have you ever done it with eleven players um, that are off within a few miles of the stadium? The only reason that's they say, oh, they're all born within forty miles, is because Bobby Lennox is for Saltcoats. Yeah. If Bobby had they been selfish enough the to have been, he survived living in Saltcoats as a Celtic player. <laughs> if he had they been selfish enough to be born down there, then it would have yeah, been within yeah. that five mile radius. But. Um, I know people will then make the argument of, uh, oh, but it's harder now, it's more athletic. I've got one word for you, don't care. Nobody's yeah. ever going to be. I, I was in uh, Birmingham the other week, and I came in, and in my hotel room, weirdly had BT Sports in the room, right? So I put on, it's like midnight or something, half past twelve. so I'm just sitting watching, watching, flick through. Liverpool Man U, semi-final mm. at Main Road. The team for Liverpool... Oh, Man City. Uh, no, 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 no. Man U at Main Road. They played it at Main Road. They played the semi final oh, right, at Main okay, Road. Right. Um, so they had like Douglas, Hansen, uh, all that. Man U had McQueen, Strachan. Aye. Right? The lot like, like, like you're talking mid 70s, right? That pitch was a Ferner's Field, right? Aye. You wouldn't let kids playing that today. Aye. The ball weighed a ton. Their strips weighed a ton. Even their socks are they thick. Thick, aye, aye. And you're going to yourself, it wasn't as athletic. Are you kidding? That's a harder game to play. And the ball just constantly bobbled and the control and the way these players took the ball in and you're going, that wouldn't happen now down a park. There was a game, I think it was to draw two each. It might have been to win the league at Ibrox in the 70s, early 70s, or maybe late 60s. And uh, it's the same, the pitch is an absolute field. To be fair, they always had a terrible pitch. Always had a terrible pitch. Jinky takes the ball, I think he receives it on the right-hand side, and he twists and turns, and then he runs, and he he told the story that he says, I was just, somebody's screaming for it, and he's like, I was just pure shattered, so I smashed it with my left foot, and it's went top corner. You like to have that level of control, the boss stuck to his foot, but as you say, the pitch is an absolute field. Quagmire, just Aye. giggity giggity. Right? <laughs> 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 it is an absolute quagmire, do you know what I mean? Giggity! Aye, no, I mean, just just a different time. Just a different time. And even now, I kind of feel as if I'm older and I look back and I go, perhaps a different time than the 90s. What, um, two questions I've got to ask you. First one. European, what's your yeah, what's your standout European memory? I'll allow you to give me multiple if you need to. Spartak Moscow was a oh, yeah, major Tommy. Tommy Burns going into that. Uh, Manu was a belter. Because we had, obviously Narka scores Narka that free scores. kick. And the free kick, they should never have been a free kick. And I remember sitting next to my mate, so I had a season ticket 
up to about 2012, 2013, because once I started doing comedy, Aye. couldn't do it, uh, just never had the time, and I, I was sat in my seat and I said to my mate, I was, uh, years ago I was in the Lisbon Lions lower, and then when I became an estimator, I moved to the north stand, upper, middle, uh, front row, second row, uh, I could look right down the tunnel, like, Aye. great seat. So that happened kind of in front of us. Uh-huh. And I said to my mate, it's too far out. That's it's just never going in. Too far. And then, and, and it was never a free kick in the first place. But do you know what I mean? I mean, what an absolute screamer. Uh, man, you, the UV43. Oh. Big Sutton's, Sutton's volley. Sutton's volley right in the top corner of his left foot. Absolutely smashed it. Volharen's header oh. kicks, gets the equaliser. Halloween 2001. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Volharen's header gets the equaliser. They've scored from Adele Piero free kick. So they had like... David Trezeguet scored in that game, I'm sure. No, David Trezeguet scored in the away game and it was the third goal and it was a penalty that should never have been a penalty and Rhea O'Neill lost the plot Aye, in the TV never. interview. Um, the game at Celtic Park, Del Piero scored... Oh wait, there, the Trezeguet score and it got chopped off right at the day. Maybe. Maybe, and that might just have been justice. So, roundy Trezeguet. But they were like Takanardi, Buffon, Del Piero. I mean, Turam at right back. Turam, like they, like, do you remember, Medved. do you remember Bobo taking off his strip and standing next to Turam and Turam just looked like a wee boy? Because <laughs> Bobo Aye. was like a French. Um, that that game was an absolute cracker. Um, Do you know it's funny? See when you said about uh, Naka's free kick was never a free kick. See in my mind, I'm really trying to think back, and I'm like, I can't remember that. And I think the reason for that is never in my life have I ever went. No, that no, that was death. I've always that was definitely a free kick. No, to us, always it never. It's a bit like the Scottish Cup final against the Huns. Was that eighty nine when it wasn't even our shy? And we took the shy and Miller ran on. Get a goal. Got the goal. Wasn't he? Wasn't he ball? What I loved about that Man U game was the, the pure roller coaster. You know, you always say Aye. it isn't easy supporting Celtic, but it's always worthwhile. But it was a roller coaster of the penalty being given away and then and your save. Oh, and was... Saha's opportunity before that when he thought he was offside and he just Aye. booted it in the line and the flag was kept down. Do you Neil, know what I mean? Neil Lennon, Neil, Neil Lennon, Neil Lennon says Gary Neville turned into him. Uh, when Saha's about to hit the penalty and he's like he's missing this his bottle, his bottle's gone and he obviously Big Boric saves it the stadium erupts oh man bigger what a cheer for that than the goal aye because it was just uh, you, you went to such a high to such a low to an even bigger high again the, uh, what a roller coaster supporting Celtic man honestly I went to Liverpool for the UEFA Cup tie oh what a result and my mate got me got her, me and him a ticket uh, he worked at Alderhey and uh, he got two tickets and we were in the cop, right? So <laughs> no colours, right? No colours. So we're just going, go to the cop and we're just sitting. And uh, we, we score. Thomas Right, which is at the opposite end. And we, we, we jump up, right? But I'm not joking. There was just pockets of Celtic fans. I was just about to say. Or in that stadium, right? I was just about to say. And, and it'd be, f- be fair to Liverpool, right? They were like that. Ah, fair play, right? They bother, like, we can live with you, do you know what I mean? And then Hartson hits that screamer into the cop. Oh. I am not joking, man. I, I was everywhere. 
So that was a Thursday night. I was making up the road on the Friday. I arrived home on the Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> Still hung over for that. Dying, dying. What a celebration. What a time to be alive. What a run. What a season. I know. Um, the game at Blackburn. Just sticking it to Sooners because I, I still hate Graham Sooners. Just a horrible player. Horrible. Great. Could have been like he was a great player at playing. Like, you know, good passes, ball aye, sword, aye. and all that. Just one of the dirty. I mean, he's fucking criminal. Criminal. Oh, aye, he should be in any jail. Absolutely criminal. Spoke very fondly about Billy the other day. Did you hear that? Which was, which was nice and. Uh, He's one of the players that I think you horrible bastard as a player, but as a guy, I'm like I quite like listening to him. And, yeah, yeah, as a co- as a co commentator, I as, as an pundit. analyst, he's very good, very he knowledgeable, is, very I. intelligent. But oh, some of the challenges! You, I'm sure he put one on George McCluskey in his first game for Rangers when George was playing for Hibs. I mean, uh, so Billy starts on the touchline. I think this, this is at Celtic Park. Soon as I'm sure subbed himself on because he was playing manager, <laughs> right? So they'll see. I think it might have been say like Aitken, maybe Chris Morris, Billy Stark, right? Mm. And Billy Stark's boot. Aye, Billy's boot came off, aye. And he's standing holding his boot and they're passing it in a triangle and all of a sudden, like a 9-11 plane, he comes out of nowhere and sticks Stark. Aye, I have seen that. Honestly, 12 feet in there. And they're like, huh? Sure, but as you know, kind of over on the right hand side of the pitch. Graham <laughs> Soonish, man. I'm That's a throw knock in. you out, son. That's a throw in. That's a shite in nature. That's Rangers ball. Came off Stark last. Stark's legs sitting at a 90 degree angle, you <laughs> know what I mean? Graham Soonish, you're a dead man if uh, I get hot. Yeah, he's still killing me, wouldn't he? He's uh, hard as nails. He's mascara. He's <laughs> <laughs> TV makeup. So to kind of round it off, this has been brilliant. What I'd like to hear is, and you might just turn out to me and go, no, it didn't, so I've not got an answer. How has Celtic, or being a Celtic supporter, helped you through tough times in your life? Has it been a crutch for you? Has it been an escape at any point? Sometimes they've affected my mental health, man. But <laughs> oh, aye. By the way, the past few weeks, that 1-0 uh, against Motherwell, oh, eh, sorry, against Kilmarnock. Brutal, brutal. Uh, I think uh, Celtic is like a part... Celtic's like your family, you know, it's just part of you, it's part of your family and you absolutely love them to bits, but they frustrate the life they of you from time to time, off, right, and, but you, you won't let anyone speak against them, Aye. and you'll moan to your mates about them because they'll have the same ones back, <laughs> but you'll never be anything else. I do that, I'll like, I'll be complaining There's somebody who's not a Celtic supporter chimes in and I'm like, whoa, 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 what are you talking to? Pipe down, where you go? Mother will is it? Fuck off. It is, and it is that, and it, it, the absolutely, I think, for me, being when I was born and the generation I was in and all that kind of stuff and, and kind of seeing the hard times, but knowing about the good times through people in your family and you know that these things are as much as what it pains me to say, they're cyclical. You know what Aye. I mean? It, it, the bad times will come back and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. For me, I think how I was brought up uh, in supporting the team and there's a kind of ethos and, and we still do it. I know we still organise the food bank collections and that, but it was kind of drummed into me to be work as hard as what you can be and be the very best that you can be mm-hmm. and work hard 
and be thankful for what you have and don't disrespect and try and help those that are less fortunate than yourself. And I look at Celtic and the ethos of the club is very similar to that. And I think I'm proud to be a Celtic fan, not just because of their success just now in the history, just because of what it was born out of. It represents my heritage, your heritage, and see if it doesn't represent your heritage because that's not what you're from, that's okay. Doesn't matter. And you come. You are it welcome. Doesn't matter. And you come because you're just, if you love those hoops on that pitch and the glory and the greatness of all that, you're just one of us. You don't need to be of a certain faith, you don't need to be a certain colour, you don't need to be anything. Just come in, stand beside us sing the songs, support the team and we're all, we're all just one and that's that's what I love about Celtic I, I kind of hate the term Celtic family because I feel that it's something that the marketing teams came up with Aye. but you are like you are like I was in Egypt god 10 years ago so not far longer than that and uh, I was walking down the main strip in Sharm El Sheikh and there was a 6 foot 5 big Egyptian boy walking down the street and I just had like a wee polo on that had a wee tiny little kind of shamrock and a wee tick and he's like he's the hoops on and he's like Celtic and I'm like yes and he's like love Celtic and I was like how did you get to love Celtic and he was like I worked with a man who loved Celtic his mother was from Scotland she loved Celtic and it's that that thing. My dad being in holiday in Spain, getting into a lift. You Scottish? Aye. This is like nineteen seventy one, nineteen seventy four, something like that. I am Scottish. You're from Glasgow, I'm from Glasgow. You blue or green? I'm green. Jimmy Johnson. Aye. You know what I mean? Like that that's he, he made such an impact on so many Spanish and Alfredo de Stefano's so, testimonial, yeah, sixty seven. And that it's that thing, it's that thing of just that, that love. Like, I walked into, I was in Perth and Adelaide gigging, just doing the fringes. Right. At the Perth Fringe, they've, they've got a pub, Rosie O'Grady's in the centre of Perth, and obviously with the time difference, you can catch a couple of games. Mm-hmm. And I walked in two years ago with my girlfriend, just didn't watch games, all right. Ah, you're at the Fringe, aye, aye, aye. I were going to come and see your show, a lot of expats, no bother, a lot of Aussies. Walk in this year. So I was only in that one time. Alright, Susie, it's like, alright, they're like, grab a beer, take a seat. A lassie comes up to you, this is me and my girlfriend, we were at your show the other night, get you a beer, sit down, watch the game, end up out on the lash. No matter where you go. Do you know what I mean? It's that Aye. thing, it's that just big green and white arms come round and pull you in. Everywhere you go. One I'd, uh, I'd like to finish up on is, uh, and people never believe this, I had just moved to Barcelona, so this is, we're talking like September 2013, and I get in a taxi for the Michael Collins Bar at Sagrada Familia, which is home of the Michael Collins CSC, uh, or the Barcelona CSC as well, and uh, I get in a taxi, and this taxi driver was telling me he was for like Nigeria or Ghana, and he's like, oh, are you asking me if I'm a Celtic supporter and all that? And I was like, aye. And so he started going, oh, I'm a Celtic fan, so I was a wee bit like, no bother, mate, you're wanting a five euro tip here. So I says to him, I went, all right, what do you know about Celtic? And he's like, well, I, sh- I shit you not. <laughs> he said to me, he started talking to me about John Park, who was Celtic's head of recruitment 
and he says like, ah, you know, he's done well with bringing in players like Wanyama, but he's had these feelings as well, and I just was like, how... Yeah, how do you know? Like, how do you know uh, John it, Park? Is that Celtic is fans? It? Some Celtic fans don't know who John Park yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, uh, he would be my first signing for next season. He, I think that taxi driver's just been very smart, and he's like, I'm going to find out pure little known facts. So yeah, I can you're such a silly guy. I'm like, there's twenty quid for a five euro job. <laughs> I went to the. Um, I was in Madrid, and I went to the Bernabeu, mm-hmm. and I was in the front of this taxi. It was room. There was me. There was three of my mates and we get to the Bernabeu and uh, I'm kind of chatting away and the guys are chatting in the back on their phones and I was like you're a Madrid fan and she was like no are you and I was like nah I've, I've got no real love for Madrid Aye. but I think I should come and see their stadium because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in I'm in here I'm here and it's something to do on a Saturday morning Aye. and it's Real Madrid so there's history and uh, the guys were getting out of the taxi and there was like a Rangers fan an Aberdeen fan and whoever else Sounds like a start of a pure shite uh, joke. Terrible. A gay Rangers fan, a ginger Aberdeen fan, and a lesbian Celtic fan <laughs> all walk into a bar. And the women taxi driver said to me, what, uh, what team do you support? And I went Celtic, and she went, oh, you're like me. I'm athletic And I was like, you absolutely get that. like." Aye. And I was like, nice. And she was like, yeah, yeah, similar. As in, we're not the establishment team. We right. are not. We are. We are up against that. And I was like, fair play. Do you know what I mean? She so mentioned that tax again. This isn't really Celtic related, but it's quite funny. Um, again, Barcelona tax driver. And the driver here, my accent, and I'm in the back with my. I was in the front with my pals, and I have got a video of this. But the driver's up. Uh, he was like, for somewhere in Asia, and he's like, "Are you from Glasgow?" And I was like, "Hi, how do you know?" And he's like, he's driving us up the ramble, and he's like, "I've just moved over here for Govan Hill." But I was like, freaking out because it's four in the morning. I've had ah, a heavy duty tonight. And amazing. I'm, I'm like, like pure sliding into chair. That's my pal's going to tell him to shut up. Like, I'm, I'm freaking out here. I'm He's freaking like, out. I was doing Butter Biggins Road in Nan's Dairy. <laughs> <laughs> right. We're going to finish up. I've got a question for you, and I want, me, I want you to tell me if you can answer this, right? Mm-hmm. So. I want you to tell me if you know what these players all have in common. They've got one thing. In common, these are players that have played for Celtic over the last the last few years. So, if you could tell me what these players have in common, right? Right. Miku, Amido Baldi, Dirk Borigta, Stefan Skepovic, Tyler Blackett, and Ibuki Kuasi. Would you think all those players have one thing that unites them? They've all seen us pump the Huns. Close. <laughs> They've all won more league titles than Steven Gerrard. <laughs> Both as a player and as a manager. Uh, and you and I have won the same amount of league titles. Yes, as Stephen Gerrard. Stephen Gerrard. Um, final thing, you've got your show coming up at the Kings. Yes. Thanks people listening to this. Probably like to come and see you. So. Hope so. Just that, like, a room full of Tims making them laugh. Stay dream, man. Stay dream. Just stick on the highlights of the 5-1 game. Aye, aye, 6-2 game. This is what I put on when I'm a bit down. That'll make people laugh. I'll give you a good, a good chuckle. <laughs> Uh, but I have people at the Kings where can they get tickets and when is it yeah so oh, I'm busy so I'm at the Fringe first right we have a show called Domestic Disaster which is was toured uh, in Scotland last year and it was uh, then it goes to the Fringe this year I've been to Perth and Adelaide with it and then I am on tour with my new show Born Believer and that's the show that will culminate 
at the King's Theatre, which I'm really excited about. Because that's going to be amazing. That's some rise. Susie's going to be on Blethered, which is obviously my podcast. I'll be talking about her career uh, and shows and all that. So tune into that if you want to find out more. But um, I w- and you you hear the story of how for starting in like twenty. 2011 was my first gig I, uh, you were at the Kings 8 years later 8 years that's not bad is it when you say like that it's alright that is alright <laughs> mum dad I'm getting up my job what are you going to do be a clown <laughs> uh, yeah aye. that's actually really there's, there's some really funny stories in there as well but I'm going to be at the Kings I'm on all the socials I've got a website give me a wee follow on the old Twitter or whatever it is you, you do uh, and just give us a shout and keep supporting the hoops. Magic, thanks so much for brilliant, the mate. This has been brilliant. Loved it. I'm on the shelves. On the hoops. Cheers. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.